0: So what are you listening to these days? Weirdly, I went to Boston the other day. and Just for um, kicks? Damn right. Um, actually, the main reason I went there was they had a music festival, Boston Calling. Okay. And so I saw Foo Fighters. I saw. Um, I was going to see the Yeah Yeah Yes, and then one of them got sick. I'm very upset. But there's a bunch of folks that, that were there, which was great. And one person or one band that I haven't listened to in ages, but... Got really excited for was uh the flaming lips were there and oh so we, wow we, we saw them okay and not only that it's weird because Andrew makes fun of me because he says it's on the flyer you should have known this but I don't read things (laughs) so I was there with my girlfriend and I said to her listen I know I haven't listened to them in a hundred years I'm not gonna know any other music but I just love them so we have to watch
1: them right right
0: Um, and I said to her but my favorite album that they ever did was Yoshimi and Mm -hmm. Pink Robots Mm -hmm. and literally they came out and they're like so 20 years ago we we did this album we're just gonna sing that album tonight Yoshimi and I was just like yeah (laughs) and
1: so I know, um, but the special edition of your show. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. I love it. I'm, 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 you're giving me all kinds of ideas of music I got to listen to as soon as we're done. I love it. Welcome to wherever you are. My name is Ryan McNeil in Toronto, Canada. You are listening to episode 209 of the Matinee Cast, it's the movie loving podcast of the matinee.ca, your home for cinematic passion and perspective. You know, folks. Time flies. It truly, truly does. It seems like just yesterday that I was listening to a new podcast where three Jamaican lads were discussing Dust Boot. And over the course of the show, they kept claiming that the film was longer and longer than it actually is. But it wasn't just yesterday. That was 13 years ago. And those Jamaican lads are dear friends now. One of them I even get to harass face to face. But another, well, to harass him, I need to invite him onto the podcast under the banner of Truce. Little does he suspect he's a contributing podcaster at Tump, the unnamed movie podcast direct from Jamaica. Douglas Robinson is here. How are you, man? I am doing great. How are you, sir? i'm doing well i'm doing really well it's been uh it's been a, a quiet week at work and i'm i'm touching everything wooden because it's been a long time since i've been able to say it's been a quiet week um but uh, but I'll, I'll happily take it um i am very I'm, jealous yeah, yeah <laughs> i bet um, I'm, and i'm really excited to talk about the movie that we're going to talk about today um mostly because i feel like not enough people are talking about this movie so um we're we're in for a good time and we are going to be discussing nimona we're going to be flipping the record over to play the other side uh, we're going to do the whole thing today we're going to learn more about Douglas, this is Know Your Enemy. So Douglas first appeared on episode 167. We talked about Arrival. We learned on that episode that the first movie he ever saw in the theater was Beetlejuice. The last movie he'd seen at the time was Gross Point Blank. The worst film he'd seen at the time was The Butcher Boy. His unseen classic or essential was It's a Wonderful Life. And the film he wished he made is The Fall. On episode 193, Douglas returned to talk about The Cloverfield Paradox, another Netflix movie besides the one we're going to talk about today. We learned the film that everybody else hates that he digs is Casanova. The film everybody else likes that he does not is Wally. The last movie to make him cry was Dad. In the movie of his life, he's going to be played by Donald Gleeson, and the movie he was watching next was Ocean's Twelve. Finally, last summer, Douglas returned on episode 288. We discussed the unbearable weight of massive talent, and we learned that the film that made his love of cinema turn a corner is Lars von Trier's Antichrist. His first date movie is Across the Universe. His sick day movie is A Knight's Tale. The last film to leave him speechless was uh, the live capture Disney um, presentation of Hamilton. And uh, his epitaph would be from War on Everyone. You should see the other guy. He's totally unscathed. So it's time for round four. Douglas Robinson. What is a film you really, really dig, but you never want to see again?
0: So this is a tricky uh, question for me, because as you said before, I watch Lars von Trier movies, so, you know, there's a lot of them, (laughs) but the one I picked for this question or to answer this question is a French film, um, Custody, directed by Xavier Legrand, um, and starring amongst many, uh, Denis Menochet, who... You may know as the farmer in in Inglorious Basterds. Oh, him. Okay. All right. Um, Um, I haven't even heard of this movie. Tell me about it. It came out in 2017. It is about a custody battle, right? Um, It's about two parents who are separated, um, and they are in the middle of a battle battle for their children, and things go awry, shall we say. Um, It's... Clearly not an amicable split. And, um, I mean, we're talking about a a man here looking to to get custody of his children. So it ends in a very violent way and perhaps an unexpected way. Uh, But it is a great movie. But... Man, um, I don't think I want to watch that one again.
1: <laughs> it's interesting because one of the questions I asked you last time was what was one of the films that made you love a film turn a corner. And one of the corners that I turned was when I got deeper and deeper into international film. And, you know, we're talking about like everybody kind of has that gateway international film experience, whether it's something like Amelie or Life is Beautiful, or you know, even eight and a half in some cases, then you start to realize there are other countries that tell other stories. And that was kind of my turn a corner moment was when I started to go to the films of um Spain or um Brazil or um certainly when I started to go to the films of Iran. And this movie gives me just this like just reading over it, listening to you and reading it, it gives me just the slightest hint of a separation. But if a separation was actually like not the, the beautiful way of, um, you know, Iranian cinema, but was actually a much more dark and violent approach um, that this French film has.
0: Yeah. 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 I could see that. I could see that. I mean, and, and it is, this movie is, Beautiful. Um, As we like to say on our little podcast, both or maybe all teams played hard. (laughs) (laughs) But boy, um, it just it takes you to a place that maybe you don't want to go to. Right. Like just emotionally. So it's 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 a difficult watch, but a great movie.
1: I find that, you know, I I don't know if I've mentioned this on this show or not, but I I find that that's one of the interesting things about film Mm -hmm. is that it can take you somewhere in a safe way. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like, you know, when you hear people talk about in terms of like therapy or even in terms of like relationships, this is a safe space. You know, you can experience uh, darkness. You can experience uh, sadness. You can experience, I mean, you can experience joy. You can experience like full madcap foolishness, but in a safe way. And that, that kind of, it sounds like that's what this film is does it takes you somewhere very very disturbing uh in the end but in a way that you it's like you know you may never want to go back there but you're okay being there for two hours all right i mean this is kind of a a similar question you know considering where we're we're talking about here with custody but douglas robinson what is a film that genuinely freaks you out
0: this one was a hard one uh i had to really think about it and do you scare easy i don't scare easy so weirdly i could tell you that the first time and this is a this was a potential answer to the question but i realized it really isn't the first time i ever felt scared by a film um or at least from a jump scare yep. was in the sixth sense bruce willis and Haley Joel asmund oh yeah a, a scene where he has the sheets up and he's built himself a little tent inside a room and i can't remember exactly what happens it's been a while but sick little misha barton
1: with her with her mouth full of vomit (laughs) yes
0: Yes. that freaked Um, out everybody man oh my goodness that was the first time ever and it was a perfect um watching experience because i didn't actually watch it at the theater i watched it with friends in somebody's basement in full darkness with all of us just on the edge of our seats and so that was the first time like i actually screamed out loud and i was like <laughs> <laughs> but I what? think um my answer for you know what genuinely freaked me out uh maybe have you ever watched Titan? Yeah, I love Titan. I love Titan too, but um wow, there are some things in this movie <laughs> that are uh visually amazing, visually pretty in their own kind of way, but really freak you out. I mean, just as an example uh, for your listeners, um, in this movie, a lady copulates with a motor vehicle, and that is so weird, <laughs> so
1: unsettling. Yep. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And, like, the vehicle actually, like, summons her from two rooms over. Yes. Uh, brace yourself in, in something else that may frighten you. That was my favorite film of that year. Um, but... Um, I feel like it might have been on my list as well. I can't remember, yeah. but it's quite possible. I love yeah. that movie. Um, but I, and I one of the reasons why is because it is so many things all at once. You know, there are times, there are times where it's funny. There are times where it's, it's dark. There are times where it is very violent. Um, There's times where it's just heartbreakingly beautiful and it, you know, puts it all into this tidy little, really beautiful package that only, you know, the the French seem to really know how to do. Um, And, 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 you know, becomes more than any one of its things like yeah listen on the surface it's the movie where the woman stups the car (laughs) but at the same time it is not about a woman stopping a car you know it's 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 the movie where the little girl develops a relationship with automobiles but it is also not about a girl developing a relationship with automobiles it's it's and yeah, there there are moments in there where they probably would really really freak me out. Uh, you know, if I if I wasn't just so wide eyed amazed by everything I was seeing, I love yeah. it. Yeah, I love yeah it. that That's movie great. was
0: was special. I mean, I love. I want more movies like that. Oh right? yeah, whether it's that, whether it's holy motors, whether it's um, you know just something that challenges you. And takes you into a
1: world or a place that you just never thought
0: you'd go to. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I'm I'm all for it. And and I mean it's the same woman who did Raw. And yes, Raw is. is that same is that same idea. It's really beautiful, but wow, is that movie messed up? Okay, I, I love it. Great answer. You're doing well. <laughs> um all right. It kind of in in the same vein, but on the other side of the coin. Um, Douglas, what is a movie that always makes you laugh? This one's a hard one because
0: I laugh at a lot of movies, right. <laughs> but you know, I went through and I said, you know what? Let's not talk about some of the newer ones. There is a choice between two, but I'm not going to go with my childhood favorite. What I'm going to go with is one that I feel is an underloved gem. Jim. Uh, you may know uh, about the Coen brothers. These two guys, they direct some movies, right? They've done okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Done pretty well for themselves. <laughs> I've done all right. Um, They did a movie once that apparently nobody else likes except me, which is Intolerable Cruelty, uh, starring (laughs) Catherine (laughs) Zeta-Jones and George Clooney. This is Uh, correct. Nobody else likes it besides you. (laughs) (laughs) I adore this film. Just the silliness of it. The tenacity of it. They just keep going whatever joke it is that they're they're pushing they hammer it and hammer it and hammer it in um and they they do the the gonzo uh camera angles and and everything just to make this movie absurd not just from the story it's telling but also visually and i love it to death i can't stop laughing whenever i watch it and i have actually know that i think about it i've seen this movie as recently as probably a couple of weeks ago
1: it's great I mean, it, it's it's a funny thing because for anybody who may not remember, the Coen brothers were going along on this beautiful little arc of high art cinema, you know, that, that kind of reached its critical and commercial apex with, oh, brother, where art thou? And then I like to describe this as they decided to take the money <laughs> Because we get this this little cluster of films like that one and the Lady Killers, which oh, yeah, have their have really their, hard their, hard. their 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 fingerprints all over it, but are not quite as as indie niche as stuff like you know Blood Simple or Fargo, uh, you know, or or even much of Oh uh, Brother Where Art Thou and yeah Intolerable Cruelty. It looks just. It does not look like anything else they've done. It looks just so polished. So, you know, early 21st century Sony pictures. Um, And it's a movie. Remind me, it's a movie about, is it two lawyers or is it the lawyer and the divorcee?
0: Yes, it's a lawyer and the divorcee. So George Clooney is hands down the greatest uh, divorce lawyer that ever has lived. Yeah, right? that's that's who he is in this movie. Yeah. And Catherine Zeta-Jones is uh, a woman who is in the process of divorcing her very rich husband. Yep. And the husband um, hires George Clooney. And of course, Clooney being the greatest ever, gets the husband off with not a care in the world. And Catherine Zeta-Jones is left on her um, behind in the middle of the road. Right. Yeah, And the movie is the culmination of let's call it a war between those two um, where she kind of goes to like extreme lengths to, to, to trick him and to, to get one over on him. It is a great film. And, and, you know, you, you spoke earlier (laughs) about (laughs) about them taking the money and it not being um, really, Almost feeling like it's a part of their oeuvre or, or, or yeah. what they do, and, and the weird thing is, I I go the opposite route. I think it, it
1: is very okay, one
0: hundred percent. The Cohen brothers, because when they started, like I I how I view this movie is I view it as akin to. The Hudsucker Proxy. Have you ever ever watched the Hudsucker Proxy? It's the same sensibilities, the same just silly humor, the same sort of I mean, well, in all of their movies, they, they love to make sure that it's cinematic and pretty and whatever. But Hudsucker Proxy, The Big Lebowski, even Oh Brother Where Art, though, all of those movies at their core are just silly.
1: Yeah, what I will give this movie is it lets George Clooney be silly, and that is a man that is just really gifted at being a very handsome dork. Like I think, I think about the way he runs; like he runs like with all limbs being very, very rubbery. You know, Um, there's a moment where he's like zigzagging like a football player, American football, through 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 a series of blocks to get to an elevator. He's he's constantly he's got this fascination with his teeth uh yes, like he's constantly is. checking them to make sure that they're white enough uh you know you know what i hate right now i'm kind of talking myself into this movie no no that's, <laughs> this is not good this is not good all right it always makes you laugh maybe it'll make me laugh we'll see it's been a long time so maybe it will keeping in mind that this is about a 90 minute show Douglas Robinson what is your favorite movie soundtrack <sighs> really you had to ask me this question this yeah. is this is honestly- you start getting harder the the more you come back man <laughs> This is
0: quite seriously one of the reasons I pick movies to watch is mm. does the soundtrack sound good at least in the in the trailer right do okay. I think the music will be nice and um I think there are a lot of more um a lot of movies that they really deserve um the answer but I'll actually choose another fairly silly movie. Have you ever seen uh, maybe early 2000s film starring, um, well called Dan in real life. I know of it. I have not seen it. The soundtrack for that is good. So here's the thing. I think it is. I thought it was, I continue to think it is. Okay. Um, why I picked this one in particular was because of the, the effect the soundtrack had on me. No, um, There are soundtracks, like Quentin Tarantino soundtracks, that are great, but that are really just an amalgam of various people that he has decided fit in the movie or he likes or whatever, right? This movie did a thing that not a lot of movies do, some do, but not a lot, where the whole soundtrack was actually done by one person. Oh, Um, I love that. I love when that happens. Okay. Yeah, that person was Sandra Lurch. Okay. Um, And I'm sure that I am butchering his name. I apologize. Let's go with that let's go with that um and every song i remember i loved it to death and so i got that soundtrack i have very few soundtracks because i'm weird with music i'm like i want to go down a rabbit hole of this particular person i don't need to like have a a compilation album but um because of that i i've had that album since since that movie came out I, i listened i used to listen to it all the time it's amazing and i even Um, went down that rabbit hole of what other music have you done, sir? And of course, nothing ever comes close. But um, I really love that anything that any movie, any piece of media, any person that that helps me to not just love that thing, but Mm -hmm. also to broaden my horizons and say, let me try something else, is always going to have a very warm place in my heart.
1: It reminds me a lot of um do you remember the soundtrack to away we go
0: yes Mm -hmm. it had a lot of
1: that alexi murdoch music Mm -hmm. on it yeah i love like we don't get that i mean soundtracks in general these days are a very very weird beast um because i mean music in general is a very weird beast but Mm -hmm. but soundtracks are, are, are in a strange place where um you know, songs being written for movies are in a strange place and songs being chosen for movies. There's, there's some movies that seem to have like an unlimited budget. So you just get like an awesome mix of volume six. Um, and then other times you get these really, really lovely little niche soundtracks where it's, you know, like you say, like this one where it's all one person or it's songs that have been kind of forgotten about and you give them new context. Um, I think about as a, for instance, um, I have been watching... I finished season two of The Bear. Okay. And and The Bear's soundtrack. I mean, like, nothing is a really, really, really deep cut. But everything, it's like, you know, the non-singles on your favorite records. Um, you know, added, like, a- alongside stuff like Wilco and and ACDC and that kind of thing. So I love it when when a soundtrack takes the approach of something like Dan in Real Life. Because, I mean, Dan in Real Life, it's not... It's it's not a great movie, but I do love when an even okay movie is like, you know what? The music is going to be important. Let's get this person to do it, either because the director knows them and maybe they owe them a favor or whatever, or they think it's going to be the tone. So, okay, I I like this. You're going to give me, I'm going to, we'll close out the show with something from the soundtrack. I'm going to be listening to more of it as we go ahead. But uh, thank you for this, Dan, in real life. That's a very, very interesting answer. Um, All right, you're on a roll, buddy. So time to close out. What is a film you love, but seemingly nobody else has heard of? Now, this one was weirdly the easiest one to answer.
0: <laughs> okay. Because I recently bought this movie and literally started rewatching it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of a film made in 1982 or at least released in 1982 in Australia by the name of Starstruck? Nope. Of course you haven't, because nobody's ever heard of this movie. Uh, this movie is amazing. And uh, it's probably not good. It's it's probably one of those movies where it's so bad that I've decided it's good. Oh, This looks promising, um, actually.
1: Oh, so... this is by Gillian Armstrong. Yes, I is. love her. Okay. Yes, it is.
0: So, Interesting. All right. Tell, tell people actually, about this opus. It's actually a musical, first of all. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, and it's about uh, these two... Teenagers, um, and one um, one is a girl who wants to be, you know, a star, um, a singer, and the other is her cousin who is kind of like helping her out and being her manager and probably just kind of hanging on. Um, and it really just is an eighties romp uh, of these two getting into getting themselves into trouble, um, trying to make sure that she becomes a star and. It, I mean, it has things like she is doing a tightrope act in between her apartment building and whatever the building is across the the way. In um, she's pretending to be topless, but she has some weird, like, not t-shirt, but some top on that just looks like um, she's got her boobs out, right? Right, um, and she she. Whereas all of these extremely extravagant outfits at one stage i think she, either she or or angus who is her cousin is um in like a kangaroo suit it's this movie is bonkers and
1: it's so very 80s i adore it <laughs> so the funny thing is the lead actor, Joey Kennedy, mm-hmm. she was actually in an Australian film that would probably be my answer to this question, which was a, a an early aughts silent film from Australia called Dr. Plunk, which nobody has seen, um, but she was in it. Apparently mm-hmm. Gillian Armstrong. Um, she has, Done films like the '90s version of Little Women. She did My Brilliant Career. I think the last thing she was really known for was Charlotte Gray, um, with um, with Kate Blanchett. She did Oscar and Lucinda, which is a gorgeous movie, also with Kate Blanchett. But yeah, Starstruck. I mean, uh, it's it's funny because it's just. I, I bet it's it's probably of higher prominence if we were. Oh, she did Death Defying Acts too. I saw that at TIFF. That's a that's a strange houdini uh biopic with guy pierce and um catherine jones again um yeah starstruck i mean it's 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 amazing because i bet if we were just like a little bit older we would probably like know starstruck a little bit more but over time because i mean technically this was um, released a year before
0: i was born right yeah um and like it's this movie man i just also one thing that i kind of love about this film is that it almost marks the change or the end of an era for me because this was the last movie that I watched, found out about, and loved because it was randomly on television, on, on <laughs> <lightning> <laughs> television. I don't remember what channel it was, but gotcha. it, I was scrolling through cable and there it was. And I said, hmm, what is this? Love and it. And it's a match made in heaven. And Got it all right now we're in our
1: digital yeah. age yeah starstruck um you know I, I i'm sure that um you know i'm sure some people out there have heard of it but it's not that one of those ones that comes up in conversation a lot it's the kind of movie i'd like to to pass along so thank you for reminding me that i need to track it down and give it a watch because i will because i love jillian anderson and i love uh, the star of this movie so i'm gonna give it a watch we have another movie to talk about today though and i'm really really excited um if you haven't seen the movie that we're talking about um i know people sometimes they'll skip if they haven't seen the the main uh feature but it's uh it's right there in your in your internet box you can go on to uh is it do we call him joe netflix frank netflix what do we call him i think it's just a revolving set of names but we can we can go with joe 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 netflix you go to the you go to the service provided by joe netflix and look up nimona uh because that's what we're going to talk about the new slang it's nimona right after this Nimona is directed by Nick Bruno and Troy Kwan. It's written by Robert L. Baird and Lloyd Taylor, adapted from a graphic novel by Andy Stevenson. It stars the voice talents of Chloe Moretz, Riz Ahmed, Eugene Lee Yang, Francis Conroy, Lorraine Toussaint, and Beck Bennett. Nimona begins with a warrior named Ballister Boldheart. That's a med. A commoner himself, Boldheart is a rare breed of knight, since such fighters usually need to come from noble birth. He is the sort of person we meet a few times in this movie, something other. At the moment of his anointment, he seemingly kills the queen of the realm, and quickly becomes public enemy number one, a fugitive hiding out in exile. Boldheart is found, though, by Nimona, voiced by Chloe Moretz, a young squire that is drawn to his plight, and wants to be Boldheart's sidekick. Nimona even has a job application already and everything. While at first just seeming like a fiery troublemaker set on taking on the system, Nimona soon reveals themselves to be more, much, much, much more. See, Nimona has the ability to shapeshift into animals, birds, wolves, fish, otters, rhino, whales. Sky's the limit. So it goes that Nimona and Boldheart flee from persecution, aim to clear the air, and challenge a few notions along the way. It is easy to get caught up in labels nowadays. There's a verbal shorthand that comes with referencing a Pixar film, or a Ghibli film, or a comic book film, even simply an animated movie. It brings upon expectations and experiences, and that can be a good and a bad thing. The challenge, it would seem, is when a label is transcended. When it is not entirely enough to call something a comic book film, an animated film, or a Netflix film, the same way a person transcends simply being called he or she. Enter Nimona, something seemingly so simple that somehow, some way, transcends into more. So pop quiz hotshot, how? How did this almost completely buried work that was almost lost in a sale of two large studios Transcend its genre and its labels and become more. (laughs) Now, isn't that
0: the question? Uh, This movie, I saw this film. Something that you might know as as you're an avid listener of Tomp is that we, we are very clear on our stance of movies made by Netflix. Yes. Netflix, Steve or Joe Netflix knows how to make his TV shows. Yes. He's real good at that his movies, uh, not so much. Right. There have been a couple that we, we give a pass, but mm, not so much. So I went into this with, let's say low expectations. Um, but there were definitely, um, some, some, some good things. I, I, I this movie is, is really fun to watch. It's, it's really engaging. Um, and, there were some, some things that I really enjoyed, some silly things. You you know me. I, I I look at these silly details and I'm like, that's that's where we got to go. So for example, there is so you talk about um Ballista, um, who is Riz Ahmed, who he is the knight from uh not from noble birth, right? right. And the movie starts with him about to become like an official knighthood. Um and everybody's gathered around and everybody's dressed up in their their finest armor and of course there is a clear color scheme of everybody is kind of in some shade of white and he's the one knight in black right yeah. so, you, so you know he's the the black swan he's the,
1: the yeah, yeah. The,
0: the odd one out right, right um and and of course on the other side you have the the um, big star who is the direct descendant of Glorth, who is like their big superhero Mm -hmm. (laughs) of the past um in uh just brand spanking white he's on the other um end of the spectrum and so you know it it, this movie definitely relies on on some of those things but what's what's great about it is the relationship that it, it Creates so or the relationship that we get to watch between Riz Ahmed and um, Chloe moritz's is character Nymola yeah. and her character I think is a, the the best part of this movie um, how she goes from being she is damaged she is and she shows that right she she puts her her um, self forward um, and like you know she is silly as well she is funny she is all of the 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 gamut of 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 these things and you you just enjoy watching her and enjoy her saying i will support you and i know that eventually i'll get to um you know kill some people or i'll get to smack them over the head wait no no smacking no (laughs) no hurting what um and and she does it with this great comedic style That really is the best part of this movie, which to be fair, if she's the name character, she better be, right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think how, for me, this movie transcends is something I come back to, you know, we're both people who who watch the sports and the great athletes, they make shit look so easy you know, like they make some things that are really physically hard look like it's as simple as taking out the garbage, whether it's, you know, hitting a long shot, hitting shots repeatedly, you know, even just running. Like, I don't know about you, but I can't run. You know, I've tried over my life several times. I can't, you know, I can run if I'm being chased and like, I can, I can sprint to like catch a bus, but you know, jogging is just not the way this body is built, you know, but so so this is thing, like, athletes just make running for a great amount of time seem effortless and that is what namona does this namona is very very much and we will come back to it over and over again it is very very much this framing of a tale of um identity of what it is like to be queer in the 21st century of what it is like to be other in the 21st century and it tells its story and it conveys its beautiful message without seeming like it's trying to do it like you said like there are a lot of really just dorky slapstick funny things in this movie on all sides like anytime namona starts talking just shut up and listen because <laughs> you got to keep up with 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 namona but mixed in with all of that foolishness with all of those like little sketches mm-hmm. and things like you know the the saxophone player playing careless whisper um <laughs> you know all those little things that are just so silly but they're so funny are these little wonderful touches that just are and they just and they fit and it's not like they shoehorned in you know some moment of of gay affection for mm-hmm. se- trying to seem progressive it's just it, this world just is progressive and it makes it all look so simple and it's like why can't this just be the world what did you really enjoy about this movie the the
0: biggest thing i enjoyed about this movie was nimona um I think had you had you read the comic i have not read the comic okay so i came in blind i came in knowing nothing and right. just simply saying let's watch this let's watch a movie, movie. <laughs> right there is a moment where nimona uh is Trying to be a part of of um, Ballista's plans, um, she is trying to to get somebody to like follow her or something like that, and it doesn't quite work out. And she turns into like this demon baby. And...
1: <laughs> yeah, follow me down the dark alley. <laughs> I howled. I absolutely cackled at that. She is
0: like, yeah, it was it was hilarious, and and um, there is. I, I'm not gonna spoil anything for anybody but there is a death scene in this film that y'all need to just sit back relax and enjoy the show right um, this this movie does really well with a slapstick it also as you say um, from the the LGBTQ um, perspective like what is really great about this is that there are no comments about that right like um, it, it's accepted and and it's not being you don't get the sense that as you said they're trying to um, shine a spotlight on whatever relationship they have relationships they have in this in this film and and say we're you know uh, have people say oh this is bad or anything like that it just it's just a part of the movie and it, it moves on and that's that's great
1: it's kind of incredible that this film came out just a few weeks after uh spider verse because for me this is just like a, an incredible pair of, of animated films that that came out at the same time and are just you know the only thing they have in common at all is that their source material happens to be books with pictures um, other than that they could not be more different but both of them are um visually stunning like we haven't even got into like the actual artwork of this movie which is just simple and yet glorious um and very much about you know the idea of carving your own path and and being who you want to be one of the things that's actually interesting is this film differs from the graphic novel like i got to a certain point i'm like okay i remember a lot of this it's like oh i don't remember this part and i i did a quick like pause and skim i'm like okay yeah we're we're we're, we're going off in another direction um and yet um it's still true to that original story by N.D. Stevenson, um, and builds upon it uh, in an incredible way. Uh, I, I I love this movie so much. I, I I can't I can't believe that it's right there in my internet machine, and I can you know watch it over and over and over. <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, Namona herself. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because Namona is not. I mean, Namona presents female, but Namona is not necessarily called like a little girl. And what I love is is a lot of the times like they're asking what are you and her answer is i'm nimona you know like yeah. are you uh yeah. are you a werewolf are you a mo- like she actually she really um gets her back up understandably so anytime she's mm-hmm. called a monster mm-hmm. um you know are you a shapeshifter what and she, her answer is just i'm nimona and and i love that little shorthand of question of call and answer um as the core of this movie and the way Chloe Moretz um, is able to tap into both the bouncy, crazy bloodthirstiness of this would-be squire, and also just the bittersweet, damaged story that she comes from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned, uh, funnily enough, you mentioned bloodthirsty, and um, in Nimona's, the form that she most usually presents herself as, actually, you could ask the question: Is that is is there an original form, or or is she just Nimona, right? Right. Um, but the form she most usually presents herself as in this film, um, her teeth look like vampire teeth. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and they close up on that a lot. Um, and I really do love the seeing the relationship between um, Nimona and and Ballista as it. Kind of, um, you know, become something warm and loving, and 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 there's a scene in particular, and it's again a silly scene of them dancing in. I think they call it the evil lair, yeah. Um, and it's it's just amazing, and, you know. And 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 you know, in this film, as one can expect, there are ups and downs in this relationship, but like that is, I think, the the common
1: thread in, throughout this movie um, from from beginning to end. And she, I mean, what I love in that movie, there's all kinds of little callbacks like in that, in that scene where they're, they're dancing, she transforms into a shark. So she's, <laughs> yeah. she's, you know, she's the right hand shark that, that Super Bowl callback. I mean, even there's a, there's a hit girl callback too. They play that, they play that song that in, in kick-ass hit girl kills, kills a whole bunch of guys too. Yeah. Um, that, that, that banana song that that's in there as well. Um, it's a great relationship between the two of them because it's not, romantic it's not fraternal it's not parental yeah it's 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 you know it's two um people who kind of need a lift like by this point he's lost an arm so he's got this like mechanical arm that she she uses every once in a while as a prop she like taps him on the shoulder that kind of thing with it you know and and she's basically you know she's a shapeshifter who just has not found her place and has a has a, a past and you know, they're just they're two people who happen to find themselves mm-hmm. on the same train on the same journey of, of life.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. And then there, the you know, back to what we we're talking about a little bit earlier. Even you know uh, about who am I? I am Nimona. Um, what are um, you? I'm Nimona. That's right. really
1: important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: right. And 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 you know, feeling like other like even things like there are times when so we are in a world where um, the world presented to us is essentially very small right you have a city that is walled in of itself and um, says you know what don't go anywhere else don't go outside the wall because outside the wall there are monsters or there are mysteries that that you don't want to see and at one point um, Nimona even says like what if there's nothing out there. Who who is saying these things about mm-hmm. all these monsters? Mm-hmm. Um, and even when she says it, you can when Nemona says it, you can see, um, you can hear that there is like a sense of truth or knowing. Like Nemonas is like, no, I know. There's nothing else yeah. out there. There's nothing scary. Why why are you guys worried?
1: Do You know? Well, I mean, and that that get that cuts to. One of the cores of this movie, one of the things that really makes this movie special, and I and one of the things I I really hope a lot of people see this movie, and not just the people who this movie is for, but the people who this movie is not for. Um, There's a point late, so we we get uh, you know without getting into detail about what is actually happening, there is a a a, a conflict that's escalating, uh, you know at at the um, at the climax of this movie, and at one point somebody of prominence asks aloud but what if we're wrong you know and that's the thing that i think a lot of people who would look down upon the mnemonas of the world and build up the walls around their cities don't ask themselves enough or don't ask the others around them in their circle enough and you know and i'll I'll count myself in this you know on on the side that i am you know but what if we're wrong like you know that 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 moment of admitting we think we know what we're doing and we think we're on the right side of this but is it possible that we're not you know it's that is said aloud it is said just matter-of-factly it's not some grand moment it's just really really simply stated and that to me again it's like I've, I've already mentioned like six key moments in this movie. You know, a lot of other movies out there don't get one, let alone a cartoon on Joe Netflix. This one's got like a dozen all just seamlessly baked in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This movie, I mean, it's, it, it's the little movie that could, it definitely went further for me than, than I thought it would. Um, and it, it, it's a good one for, for people to watch, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know we haven't talked too much about the look of this movie Mm -hmm. uh you know whenever you get a um you know an animated film these days they all kind of have that same veneer to them you know that 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 rendering of where we are in um in graphics this one i really love because it's got this kind of lovely marriage of 2d and 3d like the characters almost look like they're they're made out of paper um it's made by blue sky studio who was the the studio that brought us the ice age movies the peanuts movie they got bought they they, they got shuffled around with um you know studio buying studio and i think they're actually now gone um, but yeah i i there's a lot of things about this movie i love like I, I mean even just the design of namona herself you know she's she's not the prototypical sprightly little girl. Like she's actually, what I love about her is she's actually kind of chubby. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, and I, like, I love yeah. that because you, you know, there's a lot of chubby girls out there who will see themselves in mm-hmm. Nimona. You know, a lot of people, a lot of girls who like wear their hair that way, or maybe have their teeth that, that look a little like things that will yeah. see themselves in Nimona. Um, I also love where the, with the look of this movie is concerned, there's of she starts telling her backstory In a a way that is complete bullshit. But (laughs) when she's telling it, she's looking out the subway windows and the subway windows turn into moving film. And then not only do they turn into like frames of moving film, but it's looks like, is it Minecraft? Is that what the little 2D is that what
0: that is? I you're not really talking to the gamer uh, brother here. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> <exponentially>, but yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but, but you know what but I mean. I know like, exactly it, what you mean, though. Like I the, the, love the, these little I this like, little like, blocky it. animation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pick, the, this very pixely. like things like that in this movie. This movie is I could just watch this movie on mute. Yeah, I mean the movie.
0: The movie was 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 pretty. Um, it. I, I don't know if like sometimes I am. Um, guilty of unless something is just amazing like you mentioned spider-verse um earlier and there was something just completely different and new and um just jaw-dropping about the way they animated both those movies Mm -hmm. and um so for that i you know it had to I had to say to myself, "All right, fine, this is great." But you know, anything like like this, I'll, I'll just be like, "Oh yeah, it's you know a CGI movie. It's it's decent. It's nice. You know, the the, the lines are drawn where they should be." But um, I I did really appreciate like the way that they. Um, put the movie together the way that for example you mentioned the the storytelling and that by the way is a great scene and it ends extremely um, it, she knows how to tell a story um, yes yes she does <laughs> yeah but like things like that things like um, the way they put together um, certain um, aspects of the story or of scenes um like the dancing scene the the montage there um and and the way they tell the story through editing like i really appreciated that but but i definitely was not my i was not so much on the the technicals and the 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 wondrousness of the animation
1: when you come back to it eventually because i know event you know i know at some point or another you'll put it on while you're doing some work because it's there it's in, it's in the, it's in the internet machine um like look at the way it's designed because i mean first of all I, what i liked about it was that it made the design its own the original comic is much more uh line art like it, the, the the original comic she looks a lot more like zelda um like she looks she looks like kind of a cross between zelda and link in the original comic i'll include a a few um panels in the show notes if people are curious to see what um andy stevenson's original design for namona looked like um but the certainly the way that it uses the differing styles to tell the differing stories we at one point get namona's actual backstory and it turns into this very lush um kind of classic fairy tale and it's just stunning to look at besides the fact that it'll break your heart um you know it reminds you of things like, like everything from sword in the stone like the old disney sword in the stone to even stuff like brave um and and another in, in other movies that i'll mention later um you know the way the in the climax of this movie um there is there is a, a situation to be dealt with, we, we we will call it. And again, the design of that situation is what really, really drew me in because we've seen that kind of crisis happen in all kinds of live action movies and, and all kinds of animated movies, all kinds of superhero movies. We've seen that kind of thing where thing one is in the same frame as thing two. And when you look at it in this movie, I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen Thing 2 designed that way, number one. And number two, I really love the way that encapsulates a lot of what we've built up to in this point. Like It's a really lovely visual metaphor to say nothing of the fact that the actual payoff, and I am earning awards for how I'm dancing around plot points right now. The actual payoff of the crisis is one of the most elegant visual metaphors you will ever see um you know in in a moment like this um it's it's stunning it's like it's it's heartbreaking it's inspiring it's just so wonderfully put together when it doesn't have to like this could have all just been you know render 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 slapdash but it's you can see the more you go back to it and the more you look at these moments and how they all fit together it's really beautiful artwork
0: as you say, in the in the end, some of those um, forms, some of those um, things that we see, yeah, are quite pretty.
1: What we have at the center of this movie is, you know, a quest for one's place in the world, and this very much is where its subtext of, you know, being a queer movie becomes text. I'm reminded of a few weeks ago when uh, the. A pride parade was happening in toronto mm-hmm. and my niece is dating a queer boy mm-hmm. and he's from a small town in ontario they you know he doesn't come he comes downtown to see us but he doesn't come downtown to like hang out and he came downtown for the pride parade now i was actually kind of worried because that's a, like a lot of humanity all in one place right mm-hmm. it can get a little overwhelming yeah and the kid was just Overwhelmed by finding his place, by people not staring at him, by people not asking him questions, you know, just having a, a spot where all of a sudden he's like, this is where I fit, right? Nimona goes through this. Nimona, we watch the same sort of thing where she tries being a bird and the other birds don't accept her, and she tries being a fish and the other fish don't accept her. And, 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 and you know, and that's the thing is that's. Her in a nutshell, like when she's wandering along, she, you know, she doesn't look like the other girls and she certainly doesn't look like the other boys. And that's where, what are you? I'm Nimona comes in. So seeing that, seeing that search to just be, you know, baked into this movie, it yeah. reminds me of my niece's boyfriend and, and him having that experience at the, at the pride parade. Um, you know, a, 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 th- a little, like a throwaway touch that's in this movie that I think is beautiful is there's a moment where Nimona, they're, they're just sitting around playing games and eating pizza yeah. and Nimona breathes fire. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Boldheart is like, you can do that. She goes, yeah. And she's like ready for him to ask, what does she call it? He small minded questions. She's ready for a small minded question. And any one of us who has been drawn into a workplace lunchroom, question about queer politics these days <laughs> understands the concept of a small-minded question but he's just, he goes you can do that and she just says yeah and he goes cool and just on he goes that's the that's this movie you know that is how this movie is approaching identity is you're not going to fit with the other birds and you're not going to fit with the other fish but you're going to Eventually, find somebody who stops asking the small-minded question and just accepts the answer of "I'm Nimona. It's it's beautiful.
0: That's true. There, that is really um, a big, a big thing from this movie. But this movie just uh, overall hits all the the points it needs to hit. It it entertains. It engages you. It creates the everything that you said about you know identity about about i'm just speechless right now that's what i'm saying (laughs) it's
1: it's deceptive in that way because it's on on the one hand it just seems so simple it just seems like a slappy little cartoon Mm -hmm. about a squire that can change forms Mm -hmm. right like that's the thing it's just the more you think about it the more these things start to spark out at you like that's the same way that i was saying the more you look at it the more you're going to pick up on design and visual metaphor Mm -hmm. um yeah i I really i really really hope that as the year goes on people find this movie and people come to this movie um you know as as i've touched on once or twice it kind of got lost in the shuffle so i'm just even happy that it's been released because it could have been one of those ones that was just lost to time i i I certainly have you know people can't hear it in my voice i'm excited to be talking about it and inspiring people to maybe just stop this show and use that device in your hand and start watching it because it's right there people it's in your pocket they they have put it right there right for you you don't have to get the the disc you don't have to go home and go to the couch it's right in your little thing um you know, we we end every review here on the Matinee Cast with a souvenir, something tangible or intangible. If you could take away from this movie and keep, you would. Douglas Robinson, Namona, what do you? What's your souvenir? I've always wanted a robot arm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's very useful,
0: <laughs> you know, just in case I lose the one that I already have.
1: And I mean, you could use it to, uh, to you know, to, to play shenanigans. Like you could do the old call me by your name, handshake thing. You know, you could tap people on the, tap people on the shoulder. Um, I want to try as somebody who enjoys, and I may do it when we're done with the show as somebody who enjoys snacking on cereal, Mm -hmm. I would like to try a bowl of crispy dragon. (laughs) It looks like it is 90% sugar and dye. But it also looks like it would be like very, very reminiscent of the kind of shit I used to eat when I was younger. I want to try a bowl of that that cereal.
0: No, of course. Sugar and dye is, is like what we were all rated yeah, on. It's, right? it's two of the food <laughs> groups right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we rate here on the Mount Cast on a scale of one to four stars. Douglas Robinson, Nimona, what do you got?
0: I will give this movie
1: three stars. I'm giving this a four. This is one of the best movies of the year. I don't care if people haven't seen it yet. If they think I'm crazy, I'm just like drinking the... The Crispy Dragon Kool Aid. I am here for it. This movie is funny. Um, This movie is beautiful. This movie says so much so quickly. Um, I really, I'm sure I'll be talking about this again at the end of the year. This is a four star movie. Um, Please give it a watch. Even if just watch it for like, 30 minutes just watch it until Nimona shows up and if you want to turn it off after that little character says her little opening thing go right ahead because i just i don't i don't know what to do but um maybe i'm wrong maybe you think this movie's terrible and i'm overselling it um maybe you think it's a masterpiece and i'm underselling it Ryan at the matinee.ca Twitter. I'm still there, uh, matinee underscore CA. Um, what did you think of Pneumonia? We are going to take a very quick break and uh, flip the record over to play the other side. Come on back after this short timeout. We'll talk about more movies. We're back it's matinee cast 309 actual 309 genuine 309 it's the other side he's douglas robinson i'm ryan mcneil we've been talking about nimona um this is the point of the show where we talk about um other films that you could watch uh after the uh the main feature um further viewing further reading uh douglas robinson why don't you get us started where did your brain go after we uh finished with nimona as a film that you think would make a good companion piece
0: Well, listen, Nimona is a movie uh, about many things, but at its core, it's a movie about a knight from humble beginning. Oh, no. So how could I not think of A Knight's Tale? (laughs) Why
1: did I not see that coming? I walked right into it. You put the man at the top of the key. He just completely blocked me. Pick and roll. Two points. (laughs)
0: Lord. Oh, I mean, we, we've spoken about this movie before, but this movie is amazing. Heath Ledger, uh, um, it this movie is perfect. Um, and that's all I have to say about it.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny because you mentioned earlier, you know, the time when we used to watch movies because they happened to be on. Yeah. And yeah. when I was younger, this was a movie that was on a lot. Like, this movie was on TBS almost every night yeah
0: it definitely is that kind of movie it's that kind of almost throwaway film that's just, you know, um, feel good. And you you watch it and you just enjoy yourself by the end of it. And it doesn't say much. It doesn't do much. It just is there that is always going to be on TV like that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Mark Addy doing his Mark Addy thing. Paul Bettany, do, you know, oh, like oh, playing yeah. up the Paul Bettany. Alan oh, um, Tudyk as yes. one of the Squires. He's great. <laughs> he plays the villain? Um, the guy from... Rupert
0: Guy
1: Sewell, from Dark City? yeah. <laughs> Rufus um, Rufus Sewell, excuse Rufus me. Sewell. Yeah, yeah. It's it's wonderful, and I mean that's another food that that's a movie that uses its soundtrack really really well because yeah, it you know it's it's set in. It uses 70s music because it's like, mm-hmm. well, it's set in the 70s, just not the 1970s. So we're doing, oh. we're okay. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> I mean, there's
0: yeah. a David Bowie um, track in there. there's a whole yeah, there's oh, all there's all all dance records. number. Yeah. It's great. Yeah.
1: It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could do you could do much worse than A night's Tale. But I mean, <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Like, in some ways, Nimona is A night's Tale. And, and in many ways, it's like, it takes that and it goes, let's go one step further. So that, Oh, that's, 100%. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, one of the movies I thought about and... Um, this is another one of these ones that I kind of feel got missed, uh, for several reasons. But one of the reasons is just because, um, you know, it, it was sent to one of the, one of the platforms, one of the, the, the Joe Amazons and the Joe Netflix. And, you know, there's so much going there that it's hard to kind of understand what stuff is good and what stuff is just being dropped, but that's one. And reason number two was that it was released in 2020 and we were all just kind of, in our own little worlds in 2020. So releasing a movie into that climate was difficult, but did you see um, the Irish animated film Wolfwalkers? You know,
0: that's one of those that I really do. It's on Apple. Um yeah. and I've been it's been in my list and my watch list, whatever you want to call it, yeah. for ages. But no, I haven't seen it. It's it looks really good, and I've seen a lot of good um stuff about it.
1: It has it has a few things in common with Nimona. Like it's another movie about shapeshifters. This one is much more of a classic fairy tale. Like, Nimona is very, very modern. Wolf feels like it could have been on the same shelf as like the Little Mermaid, the Little, the Little Matchstick Girl, and other uh, you know <laughs> other stories that are not by Hans Christian Anderson. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 about um, this Irish. Um, community where they are on the outskirts of their town same thing as like don't go past the wall there's a pack of wolves and it turns out that some of the wolves can actually um transfigure that's the word i was going for earlier there we go um, okay. i got there eventually some of the some of the um some of the wolves can actually transfigure into human form and this one um this one wolf uh, is is a little girl and there's this beautiful Uh, friendship that happens at the core of this movie between this would-be wolf and this girl who's the daughter of a hunter and again the artwork in it is not the typical uh computer rendering artwork it's much more line drawing pen and ink like paint and ink kind of thing um and it got yeah it just kind of got lost in the shuffle of all of us going into our bubbles and doing jigsaw puzzles and learning how to bake bread so if people didn't catch wolf walkers when it dropped in 2020 this is my my call to you go on to if you have the apple go on to joe apple uh, tim apple i guess it would be and uh yeah and and, and give a watch over This is
0: actual name isn't it
1: i'm, I'm pretty sure yeah <laughs> um what else you got what's another other side that people can go on to after Nimona?
0: uh another one i've got so Nimona is i mean it is the fugitive right Um, (laughs) (laughs) yes it is yes on top of everything else i mean you cannot tell me that this movie it's a movie about a one-armed man come on um so yeah the fugitive starring harrison ford and tommy lee jones from the 90s when i was a young lad uh and it's it's actually really the the same kind of template sort of film where um harrison ford is falsely accused he runs away and tries to prove his innocence and you know things happen again um that's really all that movie is but this one um that we're talking about here in the moment clearly you know transcends that but it's great
1: (laughs) i mean you know it's funny i've I've, I've actually seen it uh a few times lately i've tripped across it while i've been like Looking for something to put on in the background while I cook, you know, and I'll I'll poke around one of the platforms. Oh, there's there we go. There's 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 Fugitive. I'll put on Fugitive for a bit. And it's, you know, I mean, first of all, people forget it was a Best Picture nominee. Um, People it's 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 interesting to see a big budget studio movie. Um, that, you know, on the one hand it was, it was based on a property, but it wasn't looking to be fan service of the property. So there's another tie in. It takes the original story and finds a way to elevate it into something new. Um, but it, it was, you know, it was a property that they made better, you know, that, that, that they, it wasn't a sequel it wasn't you know like this this kind of came out into the same landscape as jurassic park and last action hero and that kind of thing and it didn't have any right to be as good as it was and hey, you know and that don't, and that's, don't, don't kill a last action hero i love that movie <laughs> um yeah um the the fugitive it holds up um, some great sequences in that movie. Tommy Lee Jones doing his Tommy Lee Jones best in that movie. And I mean, you know, you keep going, like I, I keep forgetting that Joey pants is in that movie.
0: Oh yes. He's, he's one, one of the other, he's one of lot. the other us yeah, marshals. Gene
1: Lynch is one of the hospital workers. Julianne Moore is one of the hospital workers. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who show up in that movie for a few minutes. It's really, really good. Okay. I, I'll allow it. Good work. <laughs> My other one, I got, I don't know why I got, I got, I got ensconced in animation, uh, you know, it's not a genre, but it's where, it's where my brain went. Um, another movie that was better than it had any right to be, um, 2010 landing right into the heart of the 3d movement, how to train your dragon, uh, which is just, it should just be silly and stupid. And it did, so many things so very very well right down to i mean it's a film that got roger deakins to consult on it for its look and you know again we talked about character design with nimona the character design of the dragons, specifically toothless at the at the center of it um this uh, you know another movie where somebody's missing a limb um <laughs> I, you know, yes. there's a part of there's a part of me that wishes that the trilogy had of worked out because part one and part two are both fantastic, but mm-hmm. it didn't stick the landing with part three, so it becomes this little disjointed thing. I mean, a lot of trilogies miss the landing on part three, but How to Train Your Dragon, um, you know, it's 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 aged so well. It's another movie that transcends. I love it so much.
0: Yeah, that movie was was great. I. I remember um, that's one of those movies where I was probably losing my interest in, let's call it, cartoons, and this one just blew me out the water. Right, Jay Baruchel and Gerard Butler um, just going at it, and the I, this movie is is amazing, and it's it's the relationship between Jay Baruchel and the the dragon, right? Like that's the the thing that that gets you, not the love story that they have otherwise or whatever. And, and they really figured out how to, how to do that and how to get you emotionally involved with, um, a uh, fire breathing dragon.
1: <laughs> and a killer yep. and a killer score. Yeah. Yeah. The score on that movie is fantastic. We didn't actually talk about the soundtrack of Nimona, but the soundtrack of Nimona, I really love because it was this great mixtape mm-hmm. of, of all this like power punk you know, mm-hmm. stuff like the Donnas and, you know, that, that was that was on in metric that was all on this on this uh, soundtrack that I love. There is one just
0: concept that came to me um, that that I think is a really good thing that the thing about this movie is it's a sidekick movie. It's a movie about like two um, two folks. And and so when I think of sidekicks, the big thing I think of and I'm not even going to name one specific movie. But I'm going to name, I'm going to call it a genre, which is Walter Matthau. <laughs> um, and I am forgetting his name for, for Jack for Lemon. A quick second. Thank you. Jack Lemon. Um, the odd couple, the grumpy old men vibe of movies. And there were actually a few others that weren't within those. those Fortune two. Cookie.
1: You ever seen Fortune
0: Cookie? I haven't seen Fortune Cookie. No. That's is a good that, one. That's a that's, good one. Okay. That's, that's Billy Wilder. Oh, I love Billy Wilder. Yeah. He's so great. But but all of those movies where they're just riffing off of each other. Yeah. Um, and you know that that relationship between the two, the what they get up to. I mean,
1: it's great. Yeah. No, I I, I love it. Like anytime you get like a, a buddy a buddy movie, you know that's mm-hmm. that, that's the thing. Like this is very much, you know, you could wa- you could screen Nimona back to back with like Midnight Run, and it would work. You know, cause, because you get you get those kind of buddy moments. So, yeah, no, I, I, I totally watch this back to back with like the odd couple or um, or grumpy old men. Um, oh, good call. Gosh. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. That is episode 209 of the matinee cast. I'm really, really thankful that Douglas Robinson was able to come by. Come on back Monday, July 31st. I don't know what we're going to be talking about just yet. We'll figure something out in between Then and now. Always open to suggestions, but um, end of the month. That's when we're going. Douglas, of course, can be found at Tump. I'm going to ask you what's up next, and I know, so please, people, listen to this episode. What do you got?
0: Uh, what's up next is Bo is afraid. <laughs>
1: Bo is afraid, and Ryan is excited. <laughs> People can find that everywhere the better podcasts are found. Um, also places where my podcast is found. And and if people do want to follow you, are you, uh, are, are, are you on the interwebs somewhere? I am on the
0: interwebs. I am still on the Muskyverse. Um, at DJR lost his name. If you like the, the new kid on the block, I'm also on threads at. Djr lost his name. Um, well, you didn't lose your name on that one. Like I didn't lose my name. No, but that's my. But that's your branding. So, you know, okay. Yeah, that's my branding. <laughs> gotcha. So anywhere you can find me, Djr lost
1: his name. We, we we talked so much a few years ago about the streaming wars. Nobody has talked about the social wars. Like there oh, there needs wow. to be a book about this, if not a film
0: later on. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, and I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure they're optioning into out right now as we speak. Um, we're trying to figure out who to cast as Elon Musk and who
1: is going to be Zuck. No kidding. Um, but I mean, just even also all these extra ones that keep showing up. You know, I'm like yeah. I was like, can somebody wake me up when something wins? You know, I know. Right? I, I am not like... beholden to where I am, but I just don't want to go through the whole rigmarole of signing up for something only to find out I'm moving again in four weeks
0: it is so hard like they have the blue sky that just came out but nobody can get on nope. or us normal people can't get on nope. and um is- even like i i, I love quest love and i follow him on everything that i can follow him on and he's been pushing this app called spill yeah it's like a music version but yep. i'm very upset because i can't
1: use it because i don't have an iphone I'm, I'm on the waiting list everything uh, listen all of them i'm in queue okay like, I, I don't know which one's winning i'm just gonna go in there grab matinee and wait
0: yeah i will say i am enjoying threads threads is okay
1: is kind of fun okay i just find it funny that you know we all agreed that facebook is the devil and then oh. facebook gave us this thing now it's like oh thank you facebook for the thing <laughs> we were wrong well there we go my site is the for more audio content you can find back episodes there uh you can also find podcasts in all of the usual places spotify google pocket Cast, apple stitcher you name it i'm there if i'm not there let me know i'll put my show there it's real easy everything gives you handy ways to subscribe for free and get alerts when new episodes drop feedback on nemona maybe you want to say that i'm just overhyping it and i should calm the hell down uh or or maybe you have a story about why you love it let me know ryan at matinee.CA i'm still there on twitter matinee underscore ca if you want to find me on on um letterbox i'm on letterbox too letterbox.com slash matinee leave uh, notes in any of my little reviews or whatnot um and you know there's still facebook facebook.com slash dark matinee douglas robinson any final thoughts uh watch this movie it's fun yeah <laughs> wholeheartedly agree for douglas i'm ryan we'll see you at the matinee